WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Today is the final day of campaigning for Governor Gretchen Whitmer and her Republican rival, Tudor Dixon. Whitmer was asked about her handling of the pandemic with nursing home deaths, and since she shut down many schools and businesses. We were navigating a global pandemic with a virus no one had ever seen anything like it before. I worked with my Republican and Democratic governors to make sure we were operating with the best information. I listened to the experts, and we took action that saved lives. Studies have shown we saved thousands of lives. Dixon says that more can be done to help kids who were out of school. Dixon made five stops around Michigan today. She had planned rallies in Adrian, Coldwater, Springfield, Portage, and Grand Rapids. Whitmer's bus tour made three stops, starting in Metro Detroit with a visit to Southfield. She then headed to Saginaw before finishing the day with a rally in East Lansing. So Election Day is tomorrow, but how long will it take to get the results? Here's Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan. The uh, clerks don't even start to process right. the absentee ballots till 8 o'clock that night, right, which means right. they got to match signatures, they got to open envelopes. In Detroit, we start processing two days uh, earlier under the, the state right. law. But, uh, so I think it will depend on each individual clerk, but I think 24 hours to know is a reasonable expectation. Duggan says the state is running the get-out-the-vote campaigns this year instead of the city. In the past, the city of Detroit had managed the campaign to draw residents to the polls. He said the voter turnout will determine whether the campaign management will revert back to the city next year. Meanwhile, a bit closer to home here, the Berrien County Clerk's Office tells us absentee ballots will be counted after the votes cast yesterday are counted tomorrow. The Clerk's Office will be very surprised if we know the winners of the election tomorrow night. Hospitals and cities around the country are trying to get the word out about the increase in RSV cases in Michigan. That's a respiratory illness that primarily affects small children and the elderly. Dr. Kevin Daisy with Detroit Medical Center says while adults are capable of protecting themselves from the viruses, babies don't really have that option. Germs that, you know, they may be airborne or uh, through secretions that may have infection in it. So especially with, uh, with babies, putting things in mouths or um, being around too many people who, who may be sneezing on them or just having contact in that way. Obviously, as adults, we can wash our hands and do good uh, uh, hand hygiene, um, but that, that's very difficult with our younger kids and babies. Due to the rise in RSV cases, Corwell Health will not allow children age 5 and younger to visit patients in the system's eight hospitals. Exceptions will be made only for extraordinary circumstances like severe illness of a parent or sibling or an end-of-life situation. There's a new director of the Southwestern Michigan Tourist Council. Following the retirement of longtime director Melissa Tuminski, the group has announced Marcy Simpson will take the helm. She's worked for the council for four years and previously worked for the Heritage Museum and Cultural Center in St. Joseph for 14 years. As director of the Southwest Michigan Tourist Council, Simpson will now lead the organization's marketing operations for tourism attractions, businesses, festivals, and events in Barry and Cass and Van Buren counties. She says that she looks forward to using the position to make Southwest Michigan a destination not just in the summer, but year-round. Simpson and the Tourist Council say they're now developing new marketing programs to draw more visitors, destination weddings, meetings, and group events to the region's lake resort towns and rural communities. After navigating through the pandemic and trying to offset expenses with a second location in South Haven, the Forever Curious Children's Museum in downtown Fenville 
will be closing its doors at the end of the year. The museum will not disappear entirely, though, as it plans to merge many of its exhibits and activities in a new yet-to-be-determined location with its sister site at the Michigan-themed Mitten Children's Museum in South Haven. Director Wendy Anucky told us more about the tough decision. Financially, it was a struggle for us to just maintain operations. That was not an easy decision, and it's hard for me personally. I'm so attached to our Fenville location, but I do think that this new chapter that we're embarking on is going to be really amazing. So I am excited and sad at the same time. The Mitten Children's Museum opened in April in a temporary location in South Haven, and the museum board of directors will be searching for a new permanent facility for the combined museum. The last day of the Fenville location will be December 31st as the museum hosts a New Year's Eve party. Lake Michigan College and its MLK Celebration Committee are seeking nominations for the 2023 Spirit of MLK Spotlight Honors, which recognize those who embody the love and spirit exemplified by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. LMC each year honors community members with the Spirit of MLK Spotlight Awards during its Martin Luther King Day Breakfast. LMC Chief Diversity Officer Cam Hurth tells us nominees this year will be taken in three categories, students ages 21 and younger, individuals and organizations. We've always wanted to be inclusive with the community and the MLK celebration gives us a wonderful opportunity to do just that. Dr. Kowalski, president of LMC, is very much committed to the principles and that Dr. King stood for. And so this gives us a wonderful opportunity to advocate and to be of service. Hearth says the nominees should do meaningful work that embodies love in the spirit of brotherhood and sisterhood, be actively involved in work that advances or promotes racial or social justice, and directly affect community members in Barry and Cass or Van Buren counties. Anyone can submit nominations for the awards online. We'll have a link to do so at our website. The MLK Celebration Week 2023 will feature in-person and virtual events, including artistic reflections, performances, roundtable discussions, speakers, and more all with the theme of Keep Moving Forward. A campaign to raise $40,000 for a proposed outdoor fireplace at Dykeman Park in South Haven has a month left to go. Shout for South Haven started raising funds October 10th and has so far raised more than $28,000. Shout's Tom Runner told us last month they're inspired by a downtown Holland outdoor fireplace. Bankman Park is our showcase park in, in downtown South Haven. It's a location in the summer for our farmer's market. A lot of our festivals have events there. And it's right near the uh, downtown uh, pavilion. This pavilion during the winter months is a beautiful ice skating rink. So we felt that uh, you know this fireplace could really complement the pavilion ice rink. Shout is seeking to match a $40,000 challenge public spaces community places grant that's been pledged by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation for the fireplace. Renner said the public support for the fundraising efforts been overwhelming. Shout for South Haven invites anyone to make a contribution at shoutforsouthhaven.org. Its deadline to raise the forty grand is December 2nd. And from about 4 to 6.45 a.m. tomorrow or tonight, Depending on how you look at it, the eclipse known as a blood moon for the red-orange color seen during the event will light up the sky. Gary Boyle, astronomy educator and columnist for the Royal Astronomical Society in Canada, told us more about the blood moon coming tonight. With an eclipse, we get either total or partial eclipses. That's why in 2023 and 2024, they'll be partial but 2025 will be the next total eclipse where the moon turns orange, that blood red that's very safe to look at will be just a great event. 
The lunar events will start shortly after 4 in the a.m. with the peak of the eclipse around 6 a.m. For more on the events, as well as lessons on some associated mythology, you can go to our website. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. One more day on the campaign trail for President Biden. ABC's Karen Travers has details on what he's up to. President Biden wraps up his campaigning for the midterm elections with one last rally, traveling to Bowie State University in Maryland to stump for Democrat Wes Moore, who's running for governor. The president had a busy weekend on the campaign trail with stops in Philadelphia, suburban Chicago, and New York. In the final stretch, it was notable where the president was going in order to help Democratic candidates, but also where he was not traveling. No stops in Arizona, Nevada, or Georgia where incumbent Democratic senators are locked in fierce battles to keep their seats, races that could determine which party controls the Senate. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. New Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson has issued her first Supreme Court opinion. It was a short dissent today in support of a death row inmate from Ohio. Jackson wrote she would have thrown out lower court rulings in the case of inmate Devel Chin, whose lawyers argued the state suppressed evidence that might have altered the outcome of his trial. Jackson, in a two-page opinion, wrote today that she would have ordered a new look at Chin's case, quote, because his life is on the line, and given the substantial likelihood the suppressed records would have changed the outcome at trial, Justice Sonia Sotomayor was the only other member of the court to join Jackson's opinion. Voters in Pennsylvania are sounding off over the very tight Senate race there between Republican TV personality Mehmet Oz and Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. More from ABC's Derek Dennis in Pittsburgh. Two very different candidates facing Pennsylvania voters. Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz, known as Dr. Oz, and Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, still recovering from a stroke he suffered in May. Absolutely doesn't bother me at all. Nancy Kragowski is a Fetterman supporter and says she believes he can do the job if he's elected, but Oz supported John Ozga says Oz is ready now. Seem to be a little bit more polished, uh, a little bit more up to date on the issues. Both say they made up their mind long before this final stretch of campaigning. Derek Dennis, ABC News, Pittsburgh. Security is tight in Arizona, where many of the Republican candidates continue to call into question the results of the 2020 election in that state let alone what will happen tomorrow. Maybe C's Alex Stone has more from Phoenix. Behind fencing and barricades who were not here two years ago when protests erupted after Trump lost Arizona, there is quite a bit of action inside the Maricopa County elections office right now. I was just inside watching early ballots being counted. Those that are contested for some reason by a machine then go to humans sitting at tables, one Democrat and one Republican. They hash out what that voter meant. Come tomorrow, it's going to be much busier here. In case you haven't heard, it's down to the wire for candidates in the midterm elections. Some 40 million people have already cast their ballots early, and both Democrats and Republicans are hoping for a large turnout tomorrow. But law enforcement are also on the lookout for any instances of voter intimidation cyber attacks, or even politically motivated violence. More from Aaron Katursky. Most Americans are going to vote in the midterm elections without a hitch, but there is concern that some of the activity is just going to be disruptive or potentially discourage people from actually coming out and exercising their right to vote. There's also concern that people are going to stay away because they think the elections aren't going to be on the up and up. They've been listening to some of their social media feeds or reading misinformation online. There is nothing wrong with voting machines. We know that the 2020 election was not fraudulent. 
And Elon Musk has not owned Twitter for very long now, but there have already been major changes at the company. About half Twitter's workforce has been laid off, but there are reports suggesting some of those laid-off workers are being invited back. ABC's Rebecca Jarvis has more on other new things happening at Twitter. Musk also announcing the company will begin charging $8 a month for premium features, including keeping that blue check mark to show your account is verified. Musk also announced that going forward, any Twitter handles engaging in impersonation without clearly specifying parody will be permanently suspended. And now that widespread verification is rolling out, there will be no warning before suspension, according to Musk. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.